And welcome to Epic Loot Radio. I'm your host, Brian. Joining me, my co-host, Captain Extraordinaire Kirk, a.k.a. Kirk the Gamer. Welcome in. Today, we've got a great roundtable here for us. we got the gaming cyborg, Ray, the gaming cyborg, and Mark, late to the game. I still think of you as Joyful Arcade, and I and I have to I have to separate that brand to the new brand that you're rocking and rolling. Uh, <laughs> Mark just had a baby, which is great, so we're very happy for him. And uh, today we're going to be reviewing Helldivers 2, see, uh, not Sea of Thieves, Dead Gummit. That's going to be the challenge of Skull and Bones every time. You know, it's definitely visually different. Uh, and uh, and how do we pronounce the Ink game? I'm, I'm, I get dyslexic, so I'll let Kirk kind of. I think give it's Inkulinati. Inkulinati. I saw that. I'm like, I gotta get a, I gotta get a pronunciation check on that game because I'm like, I'm gonna fail hard, and I would have. And what's the other one, Kirk? Uh, Banishers. Ghost of Eden cool. and Mario versus Donkey Kong. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Mario versus Donkey Kong. Full dude. slate. Full slate. Uh, let's not waste any time. Let's go around the horn. Uh, let everybody give themselves a little, a bit of an intro and plug. Let's start with Ray. This is the first time on the show, dude. Yeah, Who are you? What you do? Sure. Uh, my name is uh, Ray3473 on the gaming sideboard. Um, I'm actually a graduate gemologist. So I was a jeweler for 30 years and then I went into property management uh, unfortunately, um, yeah, my son has epilepsy and autism. Mm. So now I'm just at home. Uh, I do homeschooling with my son. My wife's a nurse at Kaiser. So she's been there for, what, 27 years. So I'm out here in uh, California and uh, I'm a multi-platinum gaming. I love PS5, Xbox, Nintendo, cloud, handheld, PC, whatever. I, you know, I love having uh, options to play where I want to play and do what I want to do. So that's what I do. And um, I usually hang out. Uh, I have a Discord called Cyborg City, and I just chill with some of my bros, and we just play games and have banter and talk. Dude, that's fantastic. What about you, Mark? Well, hey everyone. Yeah, my name is Mark. Uh, father recently. It's awesome. After many, many years of hoping and praying for that, um, a little bit more about my background. I own a, uh, a co-owner of a uh, indie game development company, Dev Hour Games, uh, working on some exciting projects there. Also, co-owner and co-founder of the first premier uh, collegiate fighting game uh, esports conference, which is exciting. Our season one's kicking off tonight, which is awesome. We have. Uh, um, a lot of enrollments, a lot of competitors, exciting stuff there. And then, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just a gamer through and through. I've always been. Um, I I always try to be charitable when it comes to talking about games because I know how hard it is to make a game, and I know how hard it is just from a project management, production management side too. So I try to bring that voice into my discussion. And yeah, in terms of content, you could find me at Late to the Game on YouTube, as well as a similar Discord where I just like to hang out and play games with my friends. Absolutely. And uh, for me, I'm just a prime. We got Kirk back in here. I love video games. I have lots of children 
And yeah, so I saw chat sounding off like daddy gaming hours. Those things are real, man. You find times to slot it in. And it's a lot of fun, especially when your kids start getting uh, old enough to start playing some of these games. Kirk, why don't you give everybody a little bit of an intro for you and then let's talk about Helldivers. Oh, they know me, Brian. It's Kirk, now part of Work to Game, but uh, my channel is What's New Video Games, where I do review videos, where I try to try to give it a little bit of polish and a little bit of commentary that I help you out in terms of your purchasing decisions. Also, let you know my insights on the game because I do uh, I do have some good insights from time to time. And uh, my at is in my name here. It's uh, Warmer Gray on Twitter, so give me a follow there. And it's Kirk the Gamer on twitch maybe i'll do a rebrand like mike uh like mark did and uh have everything like in unison at some point but right now the branding's all over the place so yeah figure figure it out i guess no i'm just kidding but yeah uh a lot of you guys are probably subscribed to my youtube channel already and i really appreciate that but yeah that's what's new video games and uh that's where i do my reviews but also happy to be here uh sorry i had to go take a pee break because i just did an hour hey, man. Reforge, so. <laughs> Dude, man. Yeah, yeah. i gotta, I gotta do it an hour point. and then you're also hydrating usually during like i hydrate during the shows yeah, otherwise yeah, yeah. my voice will just go to, to hell so it is yeah Absolutely. i totally get it man that's the nice thing about this software like not sponsored but it's like yeah it's drop in drop out like if, if anybody needs it like it just handles it and i'm like that makes mm -hmm. life so much easier but let's talk about hell divers too i absolutely uh am in love with this game now that's not to say that there are, it's i would say that the best way to describe helldivers 2 right now is it's suffering from success i put out my review like a couple maybe like a week ago and now i'm starting to see all these like angry comments from people who are trying to play who want to play and so i think an appropriate way is to kind of go around the horn see what you guys think about the game so far uh, and see about the experience with the online and what your hopes or fears or concerns there as well as any uh you know i guess industry insight uh to it that's something we can bring as people who do all kinds of things in the industry uh let's start with ray well you know i'll be honest um i haven't played the game i wanted to get this my birthday is like in about 10 days and so i wanted to play this game i'm uh get it i, I haven't decided if i wanted to get it on my pc or the uh playstation 5 but um uh, mm -hmm. I do watch my friends, they uh, stream it in my Discord, and uh, shout out to Rude Diggs and David and those guys, and I've been watching it, and I have to say, man, it looks, just from the eye and just hearing them interact with that game, they're having fun. Uh, watch out for the spitters! Oh, <laughs> I'm like, what in the world? More democracy! <laughs> you know, um, they, they, all these slogans and stuff, and so... Um, and then I, I also read up on it. I saw some videos. Um, and then, I mean, the record that this game is breaking. So this is a game that I, definitely is on my, I got to have this game. And uh, I'll probably be getting this game soon. And uh, yeah, but I'm going to let you, the guys. You will <laughs> from the pre-show. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let the guy, actually, the guys that actually play the game talk. But uh, guys, go ahead. Mark, man. What's up, dude? Yeah, I mean, I'm so two two aspects to talk about, right? Right, the game itself, and then the suffering from success. The game itself, I think, is is brilliant. It's a major leap forward from the first one, which there were a lot of things conceptually in the first one I like, but just from the perspective of that top down isometric gameplay, it didn't really hook me as well. This new one, I think, takes all the right risks and 
has just made a game that's just a blast to play with friends, right? From the theme, the tone, it nails it all perfectly. I mean, this is a Starship Troopers love letter from that opening video to just the enemies and everything. Um, and it's a game, like I said, it's not afraid to take the right risk. When I think of games that you play with friends, right? Not even just video games, but you know, sports, outdoors, all that stuff. The whole point and beauty of play is it allows us to kind of learn together, learn boundaries together, and kind of force us to evolve in some small way. This is a game where you can kill your friends, where if you don't get real smart with where you throw your stratagems, you might put an Oppenheimer on them and they're gone, right? And you you fail the mission, right? So it puts all those penalties in, but it's still such a rewarding game in itself that it's just it's just a blast. And so like I, I highly recommend it. Um, the technical issue, I feel really bad for them because this is such a small team. And I don't think internally they ever could have projected they would have set these numbers, right? Kirk, you said they had over 444,000 players or something like that. That's above yeah. Halo Infinite numbers. Yeah. Um, you know, you can plan as much as you want for your server stability, and they were already having those issues. Now, the CEO today did tweet out, which was funny, um, because they they wanted to reward people for the struggles. So they offered a free PS Plus weekend, and they offered double experience points this past weekend. And that all culminated in just a big mess for them. And he's like, in hindsight, <laughs> the CEO said this. That was probably a mistake. Um, the good news <laughs> is this is something they can fix. And I imagine now that the whole workforce is back from the weekend, they will aggressively focus on that. Um, but I do wonder how it affects the perception for some people. Like I have many friends who want to get it, but they're like, my first perception is, you not being able to get in and mm -hmm. that makes me sad but uh, again that's a blip i think in the whole story of what this game's gonna do what, what do you think brian so i think one of the biggest takeaways that i have that makes me a little bit biased towards uh, these kind of games is that i have played a lot of games that are live service online type games and so i just mentally am prepared for problems with connections and especially when it's like oh we all want to play etc and i usually opt into and this sucks for a lot of people who are like i really want to play this game that's the only thing i want to play when i get off work and now i can't now we're getting these connection issues but for me i'm like oh i get that it's an online game that we have these these uh these challenge they are going to have these challenges because every online game is going to have these challenges unless you're like an amazon games oh you know uh, you know kind of where like hey we're just going to throw thousands and thousands of servers at it because we have those servers just ready to go uh, ultimately i'm like yeah so i'm like um what can i play else uh, yeah otherwise so for example i was playing helldivers 2 we're running we, we're having a good time ended up running into some connection issues after about an hour an hour and a half but i was like yeah i had fun okay i'm gonna pivot and go play final Fantasy 7 rebirth because like i'm not gonna sit here and let myself get frustrated over something that I that my, I can't fix. There's there's nothing I can do, you know, that can that will increase the server capacity or these things. The devs I know cuz I've been in these these grueling things or we're like working to find and fix the issues because there could be a it could be a networking thing, it could be just a literal capacity on hardware. Hey, oh crap, we we need more hardware and then trying to get that availability and the cost and trying to manage it. Same kind of concept with uh, when you Take Power World, right? Power World mm -hmm. kept growing and growing and growing, hitting over two million, right? That's impressive. But then you realize that cost them also four hundred thousand dollars for the servers that month alone, and you're like, yeah, there's 
the real world implications. So I end up usually citing on the, the aspect of grace, but I don't want to discount anybody's frustration because sure. it is legitimate. There's nothing like you get a game, you want to play the game, especially when the game's this good. It, and it is this good. So I don't blame anybody for being frustrated. I just say, well, I, my history and experience tells me have a backup plan and and just be ready to pivot if you can't get in and play. They're working on it. And I actually, I believe with its success and with even Phil Spencer sitting down saying like, man, Helldivers 2, uh, I don't know why it's not on Xbox. You know, I think essentially we're going to see PlayStation continue to jump in. Kirk, what do you think? Well, for one, I, I thought that that comment was... Um... <laughs> very unfill like in terms yeah. of how polished his statements can easily be. Like it was just like, I don't see how it's helping anybody that's not an Xbox. It's like it just sounded so like sad and salty. Like, I don't see how I don't see why Xbox can't play. I don't see, you know, like I mean Yeah, I know. But uh the other who, thing who I would want to keep a game off of Xbox. <laughs> yeah. The other oh, thing man. too, not to be uh the negative Nancy of the group or anything, because this this game is killing it and for good reason. Um, just want to call out bad industry practices when they happen. Mark, you mentioned that they had a free PS Plus weekend. The problem with that is, as far as I understand, the game is not free. So, like, a lot of times games will have, like, free weekends where you can just play the game sure. for free. And what they did was they made it to where you don't have to have PS Plus to play the game, which makes no sense because what that means is then people go out and buy the game Mm -hmm. and then play it and then play it with as a feature complete game where they can play online which is basically the only reason that you would play this game mm -hmm. and they don't have to have ps plus for a weekend and then at the end of that weekend it hits them with the oh you need the 60 dollars subscription or more however much money it costs now to continue to play this game after you already bought it for 40 bucks yeah i don't see why they're doing that at all like that just seems like bad and sort of manipulative and and trapping for the the player base. So I, yeah, I don't agree with that at all. They should just make it outright a free to play weekend, which again, use your brain. Don't do that. If your servers are at capacity, you probably just want to go with the people that bought the game right now, you know, like, but, uh, maybe they had a prior agreement or something, but it's really exciting to see so many people loving this game. I don't really understand the discourse about it being a halo killer. These are two completely different, uh, gameplay styles. I guess you could say. The I think that's just the console same. warring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. like it's it's PVE, guys. Like, what what are we talking about here? Um, and it's great if you like this type of space type setting. Yeah, play Helldivers two and then go play Halo for your PvP. Like, you can do both. I am really excited to jump into this game, Brian. I know you've been like eagerly anticipating me to to jump on board and and yeah, I bought you it guys. <laughs> yeah, I was like, come I, on, let's I, go play. I haven't had any time. I've been reviewing it. Skull and Bones, Pacific Drive, which we unfortunately can't talk about today because of embargo, uh, Banishers, and Inclinati. And yeah, man, God, I have not had time to fit in Helldivers 2, but that's going to happen this week. I also want to pick up a physical edition uh, nice. at some point because you know physical media is not dead. Not yet, anyway, as far as I'm concerned. I, I don't think it's going to die. I think it literally is just going to just become the like the this redheaded stepchild and as yeah. a redhead I, I get that you know like <laughs> you know it's like all right it's just gonna be over here if you but i think you're gonna have to seek it out right like i think physical media is gonna be like that specialty shop which you know i guess that you know for people who want that like yeah i, I hope that that continues to be a, a, an avenue for gaming in the future but anyway I, I didn't mean to jump in on you kirk 
Well, I wish this game had a. I collect steel books. I wish this game had a steel book because it, it, that yellow and black would look so sleek, dude. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of uh, kind of surfing online to see some. Sometimes they're custom made. A lot of mine are custom made. These two behind me, I think, are both uh, what the game shipped with as far as the steel books. I usually pick them up later. Like I don't buy the collector's editions because like 120 dollars is crazy. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Uh, I am definitely eagerly uh, looking to jump into this game. It's not really my cup of tea, but what I really like, and I think I said this on a previous show, is that it reminds me a lot of the old Star Wars Battlefront games. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, it doesn't. It's not anything like the new ones, but the new ones from Dice, while they were very polished and they made a lot of use of that engine, which I think was, I it's the Battlefield engine. So that engine is spectacular, right? For, for but they life. did. Yeah, they didn't look and feel quite like the old games. And I think those are a source of nostalgia for a lot of people. Like, that's what I, that's, that was my childhood. Like, I grew mm -hmm. up on Battlefront 1 and 2 on the PlayStation 2 because I didn't have an Xbox when I was younger. Yeah. Um, that was kind of like our Halo in a weird way because PlayStation 2 just didn't have the competitive multiplayer shooters like, like xbox did with halo mm -hmm. so that was like kind of the game where you would sit down with a friend and just goof off and and kill droids or whatever uh, and eventually you get to be darth <laughs> vader or something and so like this game kind of gives that feeling of just like drop in and have fun you know like on this big battlefield where a bunch is going on with spaceships and and space laser guns and stuff like that and calling an orbital strike and stuff like it gives that feeling and and you're losing and gaining ground it it, re it reminds me a lot of those old battlefront games but like refreshed and polished for a new audience and i think the price point kind of adds to that of like this is just a fun game where it's it's really low stakes for you to get in we want as much people as possible and you know they put out a call they said do your part for democracy and <laughs> Yeah, that part's ridiculous in the trailer. Where oh. It's like yeah. it, it, you learn how to heal by getting a nail to your face. Um, yeah, that's great, dude. The satire in this game is fantastic. I mean, I think ever since the the trailer in the state of play or PlayStation Showcase, I can't remember, but whatever it was that was like so good that it almost looked like live action, but it was so satirical and funny, like a TV show or something with the guy like losing his family like right in front of him. It's <laughs> no! awful, you know, yeah, but yeah. funny at the same Great. time. It sets the tone for the But what about democracy? Like, you know, you, like, or whatever. You, you're right. I was a big SOCOM uh, fan. Shout out to that. A lot of yeah. people have said SOCOM, yeah. I yeah. Think it so. gives me, yeah, somebody who liked SOCOM and it's like, this really does feel like the evolution of that. It is obviously not SOCOM, but it's like, that's something I think they really nailed is that feel. Now I got a I got a question to the panel because uh Kirk brought up Halo a couple different times. This is like something where like if if Halo decided, hey, we're gonna have kind of a, a mode or some kind of system like this, like I think that could be truly interesting where all of a sudden you kind of take this as a kind of a design and say, like, well, could, do we want to replicate that? Because the the reality is PVE content, us all being on a team and focusing in on a goal. Like that has a big appeal. And I find that's one of the things that, you know, especially as you get older, like, yeah, at night I'm tired. I don't want to have to be real hyper competitive. Maybe I'm not as, you know, re reactionary as I used to be in my 20s. Uh -huh. Imagine that. How about we go fight some monsters together? You know, like, let's go and challenge ourselves against PV. I think that's something Destiny uh, nailed really well. And the fact is, like, from the numbers in and of itself, chat was reporting that, yeah, this game has passed even Destiny 2's Steam numbers all in all and that is to say that i think overall 
you got to wonder if PlayStation's looking at the success of this game and launching day and date. And if we start to see a just a minor shift in terms of like, okay, well, all right, live service multiplayer games, absolutely day and date. And then ultimately, like we see, you know, more people going like, yeah, let's wait a minute. There's so many gamers that are just hungry for these games. What do you guys think? I think there will will be a distinct disparity between live service and single player. Like your God of Wars and your Spider-Man 2s, there's no shot that those go day and date. They will be held back for at least six months to a year because they want to give that sort of premium uh, exclusive access type of feeling for their their blockbuster titles that you can only get on Sony PlayStation. But especially as a result of like, I'm going to attribute this as the Jim Ryan era. I don't know how much of a hand Jim Ryan had in it, but as a result of the Jim Ryan era, they seem to have done a turn to focusing on trying to make live service work in furtherance of their entire brand and, and monetization and growth. And so that is highly dependent on games like, Concord and Fair Games and the other ones that they announced at that uh, state of play or showcase or whatever it was, there were like seven live service games. Marathon is another one since they own Bungie. They're very keen and eager and desperate, I might even say, to to make those land and to be able to monetize those and have uh, growing or at least fleshed out established communities for those games. And I think that Helldivers 2 should and will uh motivate them incentivize them to make sure that those games are day and date with pc because uh, there's no way they won't use this as a proof of concept um for for something that they are desperate to to make land you know they really want live service to be a part of their portfolio and so i don't see how they can look at this and be like no we're not going to do that i think there's going to be a very fine line between the single player blockbuster experiences and their live service games that they want as many people playing as possible i i would agree i think one this is kind of not so live service i think is the term we all think of with a lot of direction of online co-op games but Mm -hmm. just think about all the classic franchises playstation used to have with socom uh with resistance with kill zone 2. i think anytime you think about a game that a lot of its playability is going to be online multiplayer whether it's competitive or not i think more and more sony's and microsoft's of the world are going to see we're leaving out that pc player base that could really help sustain us and drive us further so i i agree with kirk i think that is going to be approached with any type of live service or online game they do in the future i hope it motivates sony to look at franchises like resistance or Killzone and say let's bring them back in some way especially you know i don't know how they're reacting internally after losing the activision deal and all that um, to your point about Halo, this is interesting because I don't know if you saw this, Brian, or anyone else here on the panel saw this, but over the weekend, there were some ex-devs from the Halo team, even the Halo ODS team, kind of claiming, and again, Twitter or X, so grain of salt, but basically <laughs> claiming they've they've pitched a game similar to the Killzone concept for the ODST branch of Halo, where, hey, you're an orbital drop shock trooper, but if you drop in, do some missions and drop back out, right? Um, which to me also says something about like an IP like Halo. Um, you can only do so much with the main core thing of that IP, Halo 1, Halo 2, Halo 3, Halo 4, where you start to, um, I mean, they've tried it with Halo Wars, but like if you're if you're going to have a big flagship IP, experimenting with it with those type of game types could be helpful, right? I mean, I look at Nintendo with Mario. There's, I feel like, 20 different type of Mario games. Mario vs. Donkey Kong, one of them Mario Doctor, right? Um, but that would have worked great for the Halo ODST franchise. I think that's gone now. I don't think that opportunity is there. 
Um, but yeah, I, I do think moving forward, PlayStation online games like this are going to be day and date with PC. Um, obviously, the single player games don't make as much sense, but I just I think they're missing out if they don't do that. Dude, they're popping bottles right now in the back room. <laughs> come, on, let's, come on, let's keep it a buck. They are like, what did we just stumble onto? All right. I mean, I can see a lot of these games. And I can see in when you have a game like this, you're going to have other copycats out there. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. they're going to try and say, we got to get a piece of that pie. I bet it doesn't work, though. I bet this is a lightning in a bottle well, moment for sure. It could be lightning in a bottle, but also there's the thing that we see with it in uh, kind of the first to market. There is a mindset that it doesn't mean you're going to be guaranteed to succeed, but sometimes getting that jump and having that lead and somebody comes in yeah. and tries to refine it, you already have the player base. They yes. can drop. They can be like, oh, this new game that competes with Helldivers 2 is coming out and it has to do everything that this game does, but better and give you a reason to check it out. But then all they have to say is like, hey, guys, Helldivers 3, we're working on it. You know, it's like, oh, man, yeah. yeah. You know, like they they get a, they get to capitalize on the momentum because they're really like in a way like kind of bringing back like a, this joy of gaming at a really good price point mm -hmm. because it doesn't ask you to spend $70 like Skull and Bones. It doesn't ask for you to sit here and, and invest, I think. A, a big amount of money and no matter what like for me seventy dollars i can i can afford that but i've seen more and more with the online reaction to just a game being seventy dollars people do not and have yet to kind of like really be like fine with that price point for some reason it's it's interesting how 60 to 70 we were at 60 for so long i see a lot of people struggling with it and then this year alone we've seen games come at that 30 and 40 dollar mark and just explode in, in in terms of success and sales and i think i wonder if that ends up having anything to do with it because it sets an expectation and then i think hell divers 2 delivers and then doubles down on that expectation yeah i think there's two advantages to that price point right it's in a more affordable price point but the other thing and we mentioned this in the pre-show right they're a smaller team they're 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 overheads less than ubisoft or any of these big teams and that gives them the advantage that again the innovation is going to come from these smaller teams doing something unique fruit mentioned in the chat i am afraid of an epic game saying let's put this in fortnite because they have such a large player base that could just suck people up but i don't think it would capture the same spirit and identity that what we have here in helldivers 2 that happens often where they try to copy it but they miss the actual spirit of what that original idea is mm -hmm. Anybody have any other thoughts on Helldivers 2 before we talk about some Skull and Bones? All right, let's go ahead and jump into it. Yes, we've got some Skull and Bones gameplay. Uh, Kirk, I want to give it to you because I heard you were just taking a bath over on Reforged Gaming before <laughs> we did this podcast. What do you think and, and how is this game uh, treating you, sir? It's treating me all right. Uh, and And... I need to say, full disclosure, uh, Ubisoft provided me a copy of this game, the premium edition that I think retails at $100 completely free. Uh, so bake that in, you know, take my comments with a grain of salt. But the game is also completely free to play for eight hours. And I would recommend that anyone that's interested do that before spending any amount of money on this game. There's absolutely no reason to go out and buy this game when you can play it for eight hours. See for yourself if you like it. And then, honestly, you can play it for eight hours and then maybe buy it later when it's less money, you know, if you like it. But in any case, um, 
I think this game is getting unfairly treated by the public, primarily because it's not Assassin's Creed Black Flag or a sequel to that game. Um, this game is much more similar to like the uh, Port Royal franchise or the Tortuga, a Pirate's Life game that came out last year, both from Calypso Media, I think, which are more like strategy sim, almost like civilization, like pirate ship trading and resources type games, um, but put in a very casualized, approachable third person, almost action adventure like perspective to make it more approachable for someone like me or like the average console gamer. Unfortunately, the thing is, I think the reaction of the average console gamers are like, yeah, we don't really want to play this game, which is fair. Um, the fidelity, as you can see, like this game, like looks real nice in terms of graphics. So that's something there is like, at least if you're spending a lot of time just on the open ocean or in these towns and settings or whatever, like it looks good. It, 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 it's very polished in terms of the graphic fidelity. Um, but yeah, I I think that this game is decent, if not better than that. I might would even venture, yeah, it would be a great game for Game Pass, as Just a Man uh, insinuates. But yeah, I I think this game is decent if it's not good, and I'm certainly having fun with it. Um, I just think that people are not going into it to have the experience that it's offering, and so they're coming out and they're saying, well, that didn't give me that experience at all, and they'd be totally right. I also think that $70 is just not an appropriate price point for this game. We were just discussing that about Helldivers. This game should have been $50 max at launch because it's what it's offering. But like, Brian, I you told me that you've only played 30 minutes of this game. And that's like fairly disappointing for me because... So you're like the MMO guy. Like that's like kind of like your whole platform with Ginger Prime. The channel is like... And of course here it's all about... It's, you know, it was Crystal Core primarily in Final Fantasy XIV until we, like, started opening things up. But, like, you're known for, like, you're getting in there on Throne and Liberty and New World and all that stuff. This game is an MMO. Like, if I'm out on the open ocean and I come upon, you know, R.G. Mady's 347 or whatever in his big ship and I hail him and I'm like, hey, what's up, bro? Like, you want to trade? I mean, obviously, this is like, I, like I'm not on comms, but like I can do that through the interactive menu. I can join a group with them. I can see what he's got in his cargo hold. I can, I can trade with him. There's an economy here, um, to this that is very MMO like. If it's not just a straight up MMO, and then the other thing is like, if you want to play a pirate game that's online, and you don't want to go back ten years to Black Flag, which runs fine on series x and i'm sure it runs great on pc as well um with you know a good rig and everything and they're gonna remake that game too i'm fairly certain so that's coming in the next two or three years or whatever but if you want to play an online pirate game where there's like stakes and like what you're going out and doing there's there's progression to that and you're accomplishing things and like this is the reason that people like online games right brian it's the it's the collective it's the cooperation it's that you can interact with other people but it's also that even when you're playing by yourself and doing things by yourself, like when you accomplish things, there's like a stakes or like some sort of context for that in the greater world or environment of that online game of like, oh, I went and did this thing. And that means that I now have this resource or I now have this accolade and like only so many people have that or like whatever it is. Like it, it's not just, oh, I was playing this game by myself. I was playing Dark Souls 3 by myself at home and I beat this boss. 
hooray for you like that like that's a fulfilling experience internally but it doesn't have any like wider stakes in like a established world so like that's what an online game provides and so like if you want that with like a pirating experience i don't know where else you're getting that other than this game because to be very clear like i've seen a lot of comparisons to sea of thieves sea mm -hmm. of thieves has like no progression it's a session based game so if I, if I play CFDs for two hours and then I log off, when I get back on, I get a new ship, I get a new crew, like none of what I did before matters other than like maybe some money that I got and like cosmetics. Like there's no carryover progression. Whereas here, like you're looking at my ship right now in terms of the gameplay, like I have a smaller ship right now. I just leveled up my, my infamy rank to, I'm a buccaneer now. And so I can go and make a better ship but I'm actually going to wait until I'm a brigand. And that means that I can make a, a more impressive ship like that one that's on my right, maybe. And then I'll be in like a more, more imposing ship and can like rock up on some bigger, you know, British fleet ships or, or French ships and like steal all their tr stuff and then go trade it. And so like, I'm trying to get my reputation up. I'm going out and, and pillaging trade routes and, and little settlements and stuff. And then doing like running smuggling deliveries and stuff for pirates, you know, quests. This game has so many quests, like quest boards, bounty boards. Like this is the one game where the Ubisoft like laundry list of quests like actually makes sense. Like, oh, I'm going to go over here and do that. And then on the way, I'm going to hit that thing. And then I'm going to attack some ships on that route. So I have this resource to take over there. Like it all makes sense. And then once I increase my reputation, my infamy enough, I'll be able to make a bigger ship so I can, you know, get bigger scores and, and take out on bigger ships out in the open or on these trade routes. And then when I get all the way up to Kingpin infamy rank, that means I can actually start taking over refineries and manufacturing plants and stuff for certain resources. And I can establish my own trade routes instead of just pirating and pillaging off of ones that already exist and stealing the resources from those ships. Now I'm churning out resources and, and, and money flow, and I'm building up my assets and my place in this economy. I can trade with other players. Like there's so many systems here that are very, very MMO like for a, game that seems to be targeting like living room console gamers or at least like a much more widespread casual audience and i think that's like why people are bouncing off of it but i would think for people that are interested in mmos like they should definitely give this game a shot i think if you're if you like mmos and you like strategy sims and you also just like sort of action adventure gameplay like that's sort of where this game collides in terms of those interests. If, if you check all three of those boxes, then this is a very unique experience that combines all three of those types of gameplay in a unique way so that you can experience that. And just like being a pirate is cool and fun and like being more, becoming <laughs> is, more notorious and yeah. getting bigger ships is cool and fun. I love saying R. <laughs> yeah. And like, um, like, like, I, I guess this is a point at the gameplay. Maybe we'll get there. Maybe we won't, but like, uh, I didn't have like new cannons on my ship yet, but like I, I customized my ship. Like I made, I got the resources to craft and make certain types of cannons so like my broadside cannons are like a shotgun now and so see that reticle it's much more spread out on my screen now and it, it really just lays in like i get close up into them and just absolutely eviscerate the side of their hull 
when I rock up close to them. And then the cannons on my front, they're like sniper cannons. Like, they're long cannons. So mm -hmm. I'll, like, see a ship off of the distance, and I'm like, oh, I'm coming for you, buddy. So, like, I'm out of distance, out of range for them, right? But my cannon shoots really, really far. So I, I shoot, like, a warning shot, like, at them and, like, hit them. And so they're already at, like, two-thirds health by the time I get up next to them. We're actually getting into a fight because I've been sniping them with my forward cannons. Like the ability and the agency to customize that sh my ship in that way to actually change the gameplay and the action that I'm experiencing, like that's really cool. And the ability to to get these resources and actually have something tangible to take away from that in terms of a bigger ship to to establish a bigger place in the economy and be a bigger player, I think that all that's really cool. And I do see other ships. Uh, with that with people with higher ranks than me like sailing past me I'm like oh that guy like that guy's been doing some stuff you know so it has like that MMO feel of like you're you're decked out in like the the super you know paladin armor or whatever like that's kind of what your ship is and so like that's that's the carrot on the end of the stick with this game is cementing your place as like an established accomplished person in this like MMO economy and I don't know that people are really getting that I think they're thinking like it's going to be an open world action adventure exploration game in the same vein as an Assassin's Creed game and it's absolutely not like it's not offering that at all and I think that's why a lot of people are pissed off because they're like what the heck is this this isn't what I thought it was no it's not but it's offering something else and I think that that's getting treated completely unfairly and maligned when in fact it's actually really engaging there's a lot of systems and and hours of gameplay on offer here if you want it if you want to be an actual pirate it's like why do people play power wash simulator it's work why do people play you know a uh, mud runner you're, or snow runner you're literally making deliveries like it's work it's because some people find that type of thing gratifying this game is no different with the trade routes and the production and the level of economic systems that you're engaging. It's almost like Tropico or something, mm -hmm. but you're the one that's actually doing the trade. Like you're going out and you're you're busting up the the British and French ships. Like you're the one doing the pirating. I think that that's cool, but I can see how people would bounce off of that. I just don't think it's fair to say that that's anything other than just an, a subjective take of like I just it's just not for me. I don't like it. I don't think that I people giving. Review Outlet's giving this game a 4 out of 10. I think that's nuts. I don't understand mm. that. Like, that doesn't make yeah. any sense to I would, me. I would... Oh, go ahead, Brian. No, okay, because I was just like, the only question that I really truly have, because my, yeah, like, I bounced off this game pretty quickly. It was also provided to me through the Ubisoft Creators Program, so my cost was zero, and my question that I couldn't res resolve a reason to keep playing is, in a sea of incredible games that I want to play and with somebody with limited time, why do I need to keep investing when I touched it? And I was like, yeah, Thank like you. there was, I didn't get that hook. And and the, the answer could be like, Oh, it gets good at hour three or hour five. And that especially could be true for MMORPGs. Yeah. But when playing other games that get good in minute zero, and I'm like, man, I'm, I, I want to play those games. Like, why should I invest my time? into this over what is already on the market right now because it's better than throne and liberty and new world that's why how's it better than new world uh, i don't throne think it's better than new world yet. yeah uh, so so have you played new world <laughs> yeah no okay. okay all right but you well, haven't yeah. played skull and bones i've played i played not four really hours of anyway. skull and bones and i played new world now. yeah so 
I, I, if you don't mind me chiming in, jump I, in. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I, I'll, I'll go after. I'll go awesome. After. All right. So I put four hours into this, Kirk, and I was ahead of you. And it's funny because, like, Saturday more, afternoon, you were messaging me, like, <laughs> this sucks is one of the words you said. And then yes. also, why the hell do I, you sent me a voice message. I'm sitting on the couch with my wife and kid. And he's like, why the hell do I have to build a sickle? Like, what's going on here? So that was my own fault. So I, so I sold the resources accidentally that i got in the tutorial <laughs> so i didn't have the stuff to like do the onboarding in this game sucks so like i understand brian but like 30 minutes is like the minimum amount of time you could have given this game i think no, no, it gets no, no, good no. after 90 minutes listen i think after a, 90 parent, minutes it gets good right, but as a parent like they're like okay nine like that's fine but the game needs to sell me on that because yeah. i'm not i'm not just drowning in like free time i when was the last time I sat around and twiddled my thumbs? I can't remember. It's been that long, man. So yeah. it's like when I have, when, when, when I'm gifted and I'm going to use the word gifted because like yeah. in marriage and with kids, like game time, there's a cost to it. And I appreciate being a parent and I appreciate being a husband, but I'm very well aware. Like if I'm going to be spending my time on something, like it's got to immediately grab me or I already have to be like an ingrained fan, right? Like, say final fantasy 17 comes out it's an mmorpg and it doesn't get good till hour five well i'm already a fan of the franchise yeah. like i'm already like i'm already sold on the name alone skull and bones is a brand new ip and it has to immediately in my mind hook it on yeah. that how do i have time for anything yeah. is what the dude asks uh i get up about four in the morning and that's the true story of it and i just that's how i get things done you know it's yeah. also on so, geforce now which uh ray needs to set you up with but yeah that's you love it when games are on geforce now and this one yeah i was hoping date, to sit down so. and play some on geforce now but i just was like i i just didn't get the time this weekend I at think, all i think if you gave this game two hours you might would see it differently so. I, I i'm i'm gonna push back there because i gave it four and 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 transparently i did buy it because i'm not blessed to get these free games that's, like that's you guys. probably affecting the way that you're perceiving which, it which, if i'm which totally is, honest which is fine though because most people are gonna have to make a purchase so i think that's no relevant. no there's an eight-hour trial don't okay. be dumb like mark and buy it in, 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 in before it comes out play the eight-hour trial do not buy this game <laughs> I got there's it no reason for you to buy it. I, I got it for coverage. I know, but there's a free trial. So let me let me say I agree with a lot of your comments on the price point, and um, there's a lot to the game that can be fixed. And when I when I be charitable, yeah. when I look at this game, I feel bad for the developers because I did some research on the development story, and this is ironically like a total parallel of being a game about ships for the thought experiment of the ship of thesis, right? Thesis, like. Mm -hmm. This game started off as a Black Flag MMORPG back when they announced it in 2017. And as business leadership and then production leadership kept changing, this game changed design multiple times. And I think that is what I feel when I play the game. There are parts of this game that they do well. The combat. What I still think isn't quite fine-tuned, you, you say all these systems are out there, I don't think the intuitiveness engaging with those systems is quite there yet and i think that could be improved and i would wholeheartedly disagree that it's better than new world like new world does a good job at giving you a way to go i want to go chop down trees or do with this system or i want to go fight i think this game there have been moments where i've had fun in a big sea battle and i did a couple missions and then i have to go all the way back to that main port 
and I was bored. It was beautiful, but I was like, I'm just kind of overloaded now and I have to see back and it took me 15 minutes and I don't have any desire to go back out into the sea. Um, so being charitable again, I don't think this was any fault of the development team. Developers that were on this kind of left it saying this game is in a in a development hell. So I, I feel bad for them, but and I I saw you on Reforge. You weren't defending some of the things that I think are really egregious, which is like when you want to get resources from this island, um, you have to do this yeah. like little like that. That is weird. So now here's but what I that's only like one of four different ways that you can get those resources. Like through my agency as a player, I'm like, that feels bad. I don't like doing that. Sure. I'm going to go attack this ship and get the resources that way. Or I'm going to go plunder this settlement and get the resources that way. Or I'm going to buy them because I'm a dope pirate and I sink everything that I see that isn't bigger than me. And so I have all this money. So I come up to a settlement that I'm peaceful with and I say, hey, give me some of your stuff. I got some money for you. And then I'm going to go and deliver that. I think it's it's a checklist game through and through. Sure. It, it reminds me a little bit of like Pokemon Arceus, which like I didn't really like because I want a Pokemon game out of that. Yeah, Like I, I want to train up my Pokemon and go do gym battles and do an mm -hmm. RP, a turn-based yeah. RPG as a Pokemon game. I didn't want to do an exploration checklist. But with this game, with it being a Ubisoft game, I know they're going to bring that bull crap. I know I'm going to have way too many things in my quest log. And like with this, it is like, oh, I'm checking this off. I'm checking, oh, I can deliver this, this uh, spices over here. I can, oh, I go get this ale from these ships. I, I sink them, take the ale, and then I take it over here, and then I get a bunch of money for it. Like those are the systems leveling up until you get to the point to where you're actually running the production facilities sure. and the trade routes. Like I think that's the hook. And like if if you're not looking, if you're not feeling good from that, then yeah, it's it's a non-starter. But if that feels good, you have the agency as the player to tackle those tasks in a variety of different ways. And just because, yeah, like several aspects of the game are not great and and mimic like a mobile game's gameplay. Yeah, I'm just not doing I'm just not yeah. doing the quest that way because I think that's not fun. The other thing I said on Reforge, and and I'll pass along because Ray needs to talk here because I know he's played quite a bit of this game. Um, <laughs> is that I think that this game barely came out. Like I really do. And so, like with a game like this, I'm happy that it exists. I think it's egregious that they're charging $70 for it. I think it's egregious that the messaging is that it's worth $70 because it's not. I know they right. want to make money, but still, you know, like it's just not okay. This should have been fixed $50 MSRP maximum at launch. And I think they did a real big disservice with all the messaging, with calling this quadruple A. Like it's just, oh, it's yeah. just insulting to the players and to the people who, who bought this. And so, like, I think that someone like you, Mark, goes into this game. Having having bought it, and you're like, what the heck is this? Like, well, you know, and like, I totally understand that. But just as a thing of like, do I want it to exist or not exist? Sure. I think much. I'd much. I'm so glad that this game is out, and that five years from now, whatever state this is in, I can go be a pirate and be online and mess around with whatever they put into this game. And that's cool to me. Do I think it's worth seventy dollars? Absolutely not. Yeah. Do I think yeah. that people will have fun if they go play the eight hours that you can for free? Maybe. It just depends on the person. It's totally subjective. But again, I think it, objective analysis of this game from review outlets 
that say that this is a four out of ten. I just don't how I don't understand how you can say this is a four out of ten. That's crazy to me. Uh, I wouldn't say that. And to your point about how it came out, and Ray, I'll, I'll say this comes and it's all yours. It is interesting because again, the development story about it, they got large subsidy subsidies from Singapore. U Ubisoft Singapore got a lot of su subsidies, which creates a legal liability at that point, right? We saw it with Kurt Schilling's company in Massachusetts whenever they made Kingdoms of Amalar. Like they had to get this out the door. And I think that combined with how it changed so many times, honestly just makes it for a game that has its shining moments, but everything else to get to those shining moments at this point to me feel like they get in the way. Um, and that's that's my only comment. It's, it's all yours, Ray. Not a problem. I think the name is where they they shouldn't call it Skull and Bones. They should just call it Pirate Simulator Micromanagement. <laughs> this is what it is. If you guys are looking to be a swashbuckler getting booty on an island and swinging your sword around with your peg leg, no, you're not going to get that. This game, sounds so dirty. <laughs> I know. It does. Ooh, some <laughs> booty swinging your leg around. <laughs> uh, this pause this game this, <laughs> no pause uh, this 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 game folks um i'm not gonna say it's a, a a bad game i'm not gonna say it's a oh my god next generation game uh but i will say i did have some fun look i am a sucker for pc simulator games uh i built my ship I made sure I had the right amount of cannonballs. You don't want, so I made sure when you go to battle, you want to make sure you got the right amount of cannonballs, torpedoes. So I got torpedoes on the side. I got my, you know, uh, rockets here. I got my my boat decked out. I thought that was pretty cool to add all those certain uh, weapons on your boat. Plus the cosmetics. I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, I, I love I love my my gal here, my pirate lady. She looks so cool. Like the the level yeah. of customization there is really cool for sure. Exactly, and I didn't just so you know, ain't no way in hell I would have paid. I I'm a GeForce now ambassador, so I got a code. Plus, I'm also um, I have PlayStation Plus Premium, so I was getting the. I, there ain't no way in the world I was gonna pay that amount of money for this game because one. I played the alpha when I first played the alpha. I, I was like, what am I doing? I'm getting a crowbar over here. I'm getting rusty nails over here. I'm going over here to get boards. It, I didn't, I'll be honest. I don't want to sit here and lie to nobody. I did not like when I played the alpha. I didn't like it. When I played the, the other beta that came out, I didn't like it. But something about the last beta before it launched, I played it and I said, you know what? Let me give it a chance. Cause I already know it's not. This game, it's not seeing these. It's not. It's. It's. Let me see what it is. And so, I played it, and I played. Uh, I put about four or five hours straight. And Damn. um, but you definitely have to play with your friends if you're playing alone. Yes, it's yeah. so much better with friends. Hell Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah, this game is gonna be boring playing by yourself. So, uh, shout out to uh, Simply Pong. He's actually having surgery. My prayers out to you, brother on his back but he did a stream uh he got on it me and some other guys we played the game did we when you got level when you're level four and five and you got level 10 boats coming at you dude it's really cool hey you go here you go there let's blow these ships up let's take the combat on this game is amazing the strategy that you use i will give this the combat is great um and that's it 
that's it folks i guess i'm the only one that really likes diving into those systems and like becoming a notorious like uh uh trade lord i guess of like a pirate dumb you know i don't know like it's like tropico or something it is dude when you and i did the same thing you did i screwed up on a mission i gave somebody the wrong effing resources i was i was like i I just went over there. I and just you know had what? that thing. Yeah, yeah. And you got to spend like an hour going and finding it again. Yeah. Dude, when you're, my boat is, my ship is loaded up and then I get into the rough waters and then it, my, <laughs> I don't, I don't brace it. Guys, if you don't brace your boat, your boat explodes in the middle of the ocean and you lose your stuff. And guess what? You got to go back while there's still ships battling with your stuff floating around you can go back and get your stuff and put it back on your boat but you still have those other ships there plus the ships and and the bases they're sh- they're throwing cannons at you and stuff yeah and i'm like what the hell oh my god but then when you get other guys that's like yo yo let's link up let's hook up we got you we got you which that was really cool to have, just have randos coming in and helping you out during missions yeah the 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 drop in drop out co-op with randoms like like matchmaking like if you just come up on somebody you're like hey you me group up send them a notification you're in a group now you're sharing xp you're sharing resources you're sharing money that's really good like that's not getting any props here it's very easy for you to just play with people online with very little communication and very little effort you can just drop in drop out co-op yeah. I, I tend to oh go ahead mark i was oh, just oh, gonna, right. yeah just real quick real quick my yeah, price yeah. range 40 to 50 yeah. And and for between forty and fifty is the price range. Once again, guys, if this look, I had a friend that just got finished playing Hell Divers, and he jumped on here. He said, "What the f is this?" <laughs> jump, jump, he said, what? What? He just complained. I, what do you mean? The crowbar? What do you mean? I got to get a crowbar? What? You, and then what's these little mini games? I go buy and here, 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 shave a coconut, or here, get some sugar cane on the side, you know, and. Hit the A button and go up. I mean, it's just the little. There's many games in here, folks. It's crazy. Yeah, I I think one thing you brought up, Kirk, on Reforge was like, well, what would you do differently to improve it? And again, I think the one thing I think would help out tremendously is one fast travels locked behind a currency, which I'm not completely against that. If you're um, broke, just say that. If you're that's a not bad my issue. Pirate, just I have say the that. money. Because the only fun thing to do is shoot other ships. So I have a lot of money. But my yeah. only thing I would add is there are certain towns you can't fast travel from, right? And that 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 as well, I, I get to some degree why like you don't want to have a full town here. You could just barter with them from the sea. Make those fast travel points as well. Because I think that would uh, that would that little time saver would make me feel like to your point, Ray, like I lost my ship all the way out there. It took me 30 minutes to get out there as yeah. I was doing all these other things. Now, what do I want to do? Do I really have the time to go back and do that? If there was a way to make fast travel a little bit more convenient. And I love the Ubisoft checklist. I just think there are some things they could do to streamline things that would incentivize players to enjoy the fun parts, which is great sea combat, and then engage with those systems more without it feeling so much like a um, a burden. And fast travel is the one thing I think they would improve. Again, not make it so you could just do it from the sea randomly, but like yeah. any, any town you engage with, any icon on a map, like right here we see in the video, whether well, you're fighting that. But if there, you're not an enemy with travel. it. There is fast travel. 
No, I know there is, but not, but, but not like, like, like sometimes there is no fast travel and your stuff's just sitting out there floating out. Yeah. To to go back, to wrap it up, to go back to something you said, Mark, which is very true. It, it does feel like a game that's trying to do two things at once. Like it is that MMO with like a difficulty curve of like, yeah, there is no quality of life for this thing. It's you do a trial by fire and you say, yeah, I did. I did run this trade route and I did encounter tough ships and I did get out alive and that feels good. That feels compelling. You might not have been able to do that. You might have gotten sunk and then spent 30 minutes trying to get your stuff back. I did that because I'm good at the game. And so that creates that stakes and that economy of like comparative experience and and skill ceiling and challenge but at the same time it's like oh come in and be a pirate and have fun and it's like uh, like it's like kind of but then like the more invested you get in these systems and stuff it's more of that kind of unfriendly unwelcoming like mmo thing of like no you've got to kind of tighten your bootstraps and like you know rise to the the challenge and the cumbersomeness of these systems and and the game flow and yeah. so, like, it's trying to do both of those things at the same time, and they definitely cause some friction. Like, they rub up against each other uh, semi-recurringly. So, I, I definitely would agree with that. And I think, I think they've kind of got to do what Destiny did and like figure out, like, okay, who's our core audience here? Let's mm-hmm. just make content and like build upon the game for those people. Like, who yeah. stuck with us after launch? Who's here? Is it the casual yeah. people or is it the hardcore MMO people? Let's build upon that, and hopefully they'll yeah. find that, and they'll make this a good experience for everybody in the coming year. Yeah, it, I, I, I'm fully supportive of if they want to keep working and and building. You know that. You know, yeah, like that's what games can establish themselves. You know, and it's like, yeah. So let let's do that. The one thing I would say though is that, like, I know Kirk's bringing up four out of ten. That's why I personally don't like scores. I like price points because I think price points help to be like, Mm. yeah, this feels like a really good at this price. I feel like you could get a lot of value out of that as opposed to like, because what is a four out of 10? Like, especially when it comes to a games as a service, MMORPG, the rule is generally maybe seven is a max. So if you're going to say four out of 10, really the answer is, is it it a four out of seven where the best games as a service kind of ends up being around a seven at launch? Because you see that time and time again, there are exceptions to this rule. But generally speaking, I feel like no matter what a game as a service MMO live, you know, has no matter what things working against it in the old, and I'm going to use the term old review style, where you're talking about here's a one point in time review. Like look at IGN. IGN didn't do a follow-up review for New World. Their their review for New World is from when it launched. Yeah. And there's no follow-up. There's and you know, from their perspective as a business, there's no real demand for them to go and do that. But that in and of itself doesn't really tra- tell the true and whole story about any kind of review out there for these kind of games. So the true testament in my mind is, does Ubisoft continue to invest in this as an IP? And if they do, I think the people who already like it are going to be really happy. And then basically they have to come up with that, like, hey, we heard your feedback. We we brought in these other features because I saw chat talking about other ships where from a design perspective, it felt like, Maybe they had ships that were acting as classes, like a healer, tank, DPS, and then yeah, that Mark, seems to Mark have gone Ray, away. Did you, did you guys get this this shotgun cannon? It's so much fun. It's What's so much better. What's the name of that? The, I think I got that. Declan or something yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you can see it's just splintering the ships that I'm that I'm hitting. Like it's, no. it feels so much more real to like use that then like the starting cannon is just like a little reticle and you're just like shooting oh little cannonball oh boom like it doesn't feel this. like that one's like pow like it's into the side this, of it 
I think I'm the second level to that. And then uh, what was cool is that the guy, so when your two ships are out there, dude, you need some torpedoes. Yeah, you can interact with somebody. Here you go. Dude, I'm short money. Oh, dude, here, here you go. Here's so just sell this off. And so you can actually trade with other people in the game too. Yes. Which yeah. is cool. And or you, you can, can attack them. Too, or you too. can attack them. And you can cook. You know, I hey, I yeah. like you know, there's making, a lot going on. There's grilling, there's fun to be had. I but... grilled chicken and fish for my crew, and then I make sure you know, give them that stamina uh when we're fighting, which is yeah. crazy because I gotta hit keep hitting the right trigger to to, to boost my guys up and then med kit boost, med kit boost when you're going up against one of those heavy ships. Yeah. To your, to all, right, point, all right, Brian, move no, us no, along. Not, I, I, I want oh, okay. Mark to go one before then we move just, along to the next thing. Just that last point you made about what the game is trying to be. It kind of reminds me whenever Todd Howard was talking about Starfield, when they were like, yeah. well, we were trying to fight about how much of a sim is this game going to be? And he specifically talked about space travel in terms of like, do you want the space travel and the fuel system to be in such a way where you could just end up in space abandoned, you know, with nowhere to go? And I think that just comes down to a balance of how sim heavy is it going to be? Or how, I don't want to say arcadey, but how simplified do you want it to make it be? And I, again, I think there's pro all the all the ingredients are probably there. I think there just needs to be a real shakeup of the balance before I would really tell anyone to say, hey, this game's ready for you. To me, I, I think that will happen, but I just, I just don't think the recipe's perfect quite yet. All right, guys, uh, that's going to conclude our skull and bones section for the podcast. There's still plenty more coming up uh, in Inca Kunahai. Ikulinati. Ikulinati, Banishers of Mario versus Donkey Kong. But at this point, I'm going to hand it over to Kirk to kind of run the rest of the show because I do need to dip out. But before I go, Kirk, is there anything that you want me to add or, or add to the uh, to the overall show before I get back to the to the daily grind no i mean i don't think so um you hate skull and bones confirmed um even though they sent it to you for free just like um uh, and no, just, there's so many other good games like it's really it, you like, just can't stop playing hell divers that's what it dude, is dude that's the problem like and uh the only thing that's preventing me from playing hell divers is hell divers sometimes you know it's like yeah. oh you know and so that's uh that's something that's just like right now it's just a lot of fun same thing with power world and shrouded like i feel like right now like this year's already kicking off really strong with dragon's dogma 2 in march like i told you i'm really looking forward to playing that game but yeah like i'm just like and then i'm still playing through final fantasy 7 remake for the first time and rebirth is about to about to drop which will be a lot of fun for a lot of people who've been looking forward to that but so many really good games on on the near uh, horizon a nightingale for example uh, opens up into early access this week and that's something that i i'm considering checking out too and then last epoch is uh, i just actually created a controller guide it's pretty straightforward so that's going to go up uh, later uh this week as well so anyway thanks guys for having me sorry that i dip out and more but uh it's the uh, it's y'all show so i'll let you take it from here Take care, Ginger Prime. It's See nice being you, Ray. Appreciate you, dude. See you, bud. So, Inkluinati, um, which I, I think we're losing some frames here on the gameplay, unfortunately. It is it is 60 frames. Um, if I can share my screen, I, I might do that. Um, Let's, let's see if I can do that because I gotta I, I gotta ask, is there any reference to the Illuminati with this name? Because it just is it I don't just... think I don't think so. Okay, okay. I'm just I, curious. Yeah, I, I'm not uh <laughs> but uh maybe I mean uh but it's it's sort of in that style of like pentiment. Yeah, here I, I'm gonna I'm gonna 
Let's see if that works. How do it's I got a there really go. cool aesthetic for sure. I appreciate what it's doing right there. That works, right? Like we, we look all good. We yep. look all good there. Yep, we're all good. Yeah, and then this this is much more in the in the uh, running much more smoothly smoothly. Uh, but yeah, this is like a so oh my god, don't give me an ad. <laughs> come on, come on, guys. There we go. I've, I, there we go. I, I, All right. So this is like a a two D uh, turn based strategy game where you are you're taking like a a army of funny little guys uh, in the form of like spearmen and bowmen and like there's some special some special characters like a cleric or like there's like a there's a donkey that plays the bagpipes that will like buff your entire team or whatever and it's it's so quaint and so polished and the gameplay is surprisingly good like it reminds me a little bit of um i really can't think of a better example of this and maybe i just need to play more games like this but it reminds me of the old worms world party games where okay. you're like moving people along like that kind of 2d side to side platform and getting in range to attack uh the the opposite side and so that that's kind of what it feels like here but it's it's really leaning into like the medieval themes and stuff and there's a lot of like modifiers and things like each round that you play. You're basically going through this campaign. There's this map kind of behind um, behind his like uh, squad that he's got there, his 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 troops, his uh, his forces, uh, where you're like going, you're progressing along, and then each stop is like a little battle that you're gonna have that's like five to eight turns or whatever. And then you engage in that battle. That's like a turn-based battle. And then you move along to the next thing. And there's also like some dialogue stuff, like what's showing up now. And the dialogue is very funny and quippy. And even like the the actual battles, like some of the moves, like with the with the rabbit troops, like the rabbits like show their butt to the enemy, and it gives the enemies a headache. Or like the donkey like will like fart into the bagpipes to play the bagpipes. <laughs> like it's just like dumb funny stuff like that. And like obviously this character um has no resemblance to a very iconic uh Star Wars character by any means. That's definitely completely <laughs> coincidental. Uh and, and yeah, not at all uh copying that. Uh so Disney don't sue this small little developer. But yeah, no, uh, and I think I think they're about to start a combat encounter here. But I freaking love this game. I was able to beat it. It's like a roguelike. So I was playing on like a normal difficulty, I think, and there's much higher difficulties. Yes, yes. But I, I was yep. I was able to play through and and beat it without dying. But the the crown resource at the top, it's like prestige. And you even if you if a run you don't get all the way through and you're successful then you keep that and that's sort of your progression that you carry over to the next run even though it's a ro uh, even though it's a roguelite and you lose everything um but yeah this is this is about to start up a battle let's let's move ahead a little bit here there we go so like there's a lot of stuff going on on the screen but it's actually like pretty easy to grasp like once you play like i started the tutorial and it was really really gr granular like it was like okay here's how you move and like whatever and i was like okay i'm not doing this so i just started up a run and lo and behold like even just the onboarding like for starting a run was really good i was able to figure out like what everything on the bottom of the screen means like fairly easily like probably within like two matches and it's really really fun like the variety in your uh your like infantry type from like the bowmen to the clerics to the spearmen like they have different 
they have different like amount of spaces they can move and like different attacks they can do they can reach different places like obviously an archer is going to be able to reach uh, a far away enemy like hit them from afar whereas somebody with a sword and shield is going to have to like walk right up to somebody and like hit them with it uh, but there's like a lot of different like unit types that you can get like the longer that you play and then there's like funny stuff you can do where like your character like which is this guy with like the pen and the quill and stuff he's like you basically and like you can actually like take your hand and like if one of these like blue rabbits was close to the edge you could just like push them off the edge and they would just go ah! and then you would just like kill that unit by like see how it has like hands at the bottom so you can actually like move stuff around every turn like with your hand so the whole premise is like that this is all kind of a medieval manuscript type thing like with the illustrations and stuff see he's he's like uh, like hurting him with his hand it's so, like that's so cool like it's like layered in that way it's like a it's almost like kind of fourth wall breaking or like meta to a degree and like the art style is so good like playing this on switch i don't have an oled but i can't imagine like how good this looks uh on an oled switch because just playing this on my regular switch like it looks so good this is probably like one of my new favorite switch games from like the aesthetic style and art style this like this is so fantastic to just play in bed it feels like i'm reading a book but i'm playing a video game instead like it's like the same feeling at the same time and man like i had so much fun with this i unlocked like a a, a whole new like army types so it's kind of like warhammer i guess in a way of like you've got like the rabbit army and the wolf army and the fox army and there's like a monkey army that I unlocked by beating the game in my first run. And so like there's all these different like animals and then you can kind of mix and match. Like you have a starting army, but you can pull in animals from different factions. You can recruit them along your way and they have like completely different abilities and stuff. So it's really, really cool and it's unique and just like the turn-based combat is cool. Like hopefully he's going to attack one of these units and you can kind of see like there's like a randomizer. It's not really random because you press a button and then oh, another ad i need to have premium <laughs> uh there's like a randomizer uh thing where like it's it's more like playing a slot machine i guess because you press a button and then it determines how much damage you do so like i was hitting the the skull every time and like taking them out like that feels good like so there's involvement in the gameplay it's not just turn blaze you like also have like action inputs that you're doing as well so like this game was really really cool i'm so happy that i got a review copy uh shout out to terminals for that they're a, a key distribution site and also uh the developer which i think is, is yaza if i have that wrong i think it's yaza games i might have that wrong i'm gonna check um and and let ray talk but you're right about that i just looked them up okay yaza games um and yeah this is like i think it's a very small studio like it might be like one to three guys and just, I mean, just look at this. Like, look how mm. awesome and unique and fantastical this looks. I mean, I took a medieval manuscripts class in college that was like about studying like ye old manuscripts, like usually like Bible passages and stuff that had like these ornate, you know, how it has like the starting le letter, like where it's like a long time ago and the A is just like beautifully depicted, like with all this ornate sort of bordering on it and stuff. And you'd have like a priest you know, like up in the top corner, like blessing a woman or something like that. And it looks like this. And so the fact they were able to convey this art style into a game, have these characters move and, and be very animated and alive, but still sort of retain that fidelity and that authenticity to the art that you see in manuscripts, like from this medieval time period. I just think that's so cool. 
and I thought that that was just going to be a kind of gimmick for this game, and the gameplay was going to be like, eh, like it's good, it's serviceable, but the gameplay is like maybe even better than how it looks. Like the gameplay is very engaging and fun and like good from a turn-based strategy perspective. So I was completely blown away by this game. I had such a good time with it. And it's got to be like one of the best games that's coming out right, right now. Uh, big, big, uh, you know, point of drama or whatever. But this is this is an Xbox exclusive that's going multi-platform, Mark. So, uh, yeah, like sound the alarms. Uh, but no, it's been in like the game preview state, the same as uh, Power World has been. Same same type of thing. They, they call it game preview on Game Pass. So it has been available there. I don't know if it's been available for purchase. It might have only been available with that uh, game preview on Game Pass, but it is now having its full release for, I think, $20. It might be $25 on some platforms on PC, Switch, and um, and PlayStation. So, oh, I hit my mic. PC, Switch, and PlayStation. So I got a Switch code, and that's, where, that's exactly where I want to play this game is on Switch. I'd imagine it would be the most fun on handheld just for, like, the style of game that it is. Uh, but yeah, for people with a Steam Deck or a Switch, I highly recommend it. I would give it like a 9 out of 10. It's a fantastic game. And with it being a roguelike, there's a lot of replayability there. And there's like different endings each time you beat it. So I, there's just so much going for this game. And there's very little that I would knock it for other than just like if you don't like intensive, high investment, high thought. You know, you've got to be paying attention. You've got to be, your wheels got to be turning brain wise. It's not a game where you can just kind of shut off and play. There's a lot of strategizing and like, you know, he just got pushed off there. It's like you can lose, you know, and you lose everything. So there is a little bit of difficulty and a little bit of challenge there, but there's different difficulty modes. So for anybody that like isn't completely turned off by the premise of what type of game this is, I think they're going to have a good time with it because it's just, it's just a quality game especially from like a small studio with it being an indie game and i think it's probably a strong contender for uh it's i think i'm definitely going to nominate it for work to game indie game of the year and we'll see if brian has played it by the time we have that discussion i don't know if you guys will be on but i'll probably be be lobbying for it come the end of the year even though it's early i think this is just a strong that strong of a showing ray you, you spent a little bit of time with this one what, what did you think from the time that you played it First, when I looked at it and I saw the 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 boxes and all the picture grams, and I was like, "What the hell?" It, it looks this? intimidating. It really it looked, does. It, it looked intimidating, but I'm gonna tell you something. Don't judge a book by its cover, folks. I got I I actually did the tutorial so I could learn how to play it because I wanted to play the game right. And I'm gonna tell you, it's really um, if you look in the corner, there's like ink is twenty. You really have to manage your ink. And you have to, and there is strategy. There's, you can spear, there's four, uh, there's uh, swords, there's arrows, there's farting. And so yeah. what, so what I did, I cracked up when the animals were farting. So what I did, I just, I did sneak attacks, man, and just walk up and made sure that I had enough ink so I could just let off a fart and push them off the edge. Um, and it's really just, any kind of like turn-based strategy game, you got to use your 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 magic points, or whatever your action points. Same thing here. You got the ink yeah. points, and you got to manage that. So when you move, if you don't want to move your character all the way over, because you're gonna miss out, and by the time he gets to where his destination is, he's gonna fall asleep, and you're gonna have to wait the next chapter, and you might just get hit. So what I do is I move very slowly. 
I do a fart attack, knock them out. We go to the next chapter. It's my turn. Then I stab. There's different types of strategies you can use. Or you just push them off the edge. But I really, really enjoyed the game. Um, kudos to the developers. This is a really hidden gem. Um, I actually, um, I have Game Pass. I played it on Game Pass. Uh, it's good to know. I would actually spend the money to play this on my Switch. Yeah. Because this is something I would like. If I'm my son's uh, dental office or something like that, and I could just sit and just chill, this is something that will kill time, folks. Um, I really like this game, and uh, I, I, it's it's worth it's worth the price. So yeah, yeah really I had good. fun. I uh, shout out to to Yaza Games because this is just this is just something fantastic. Like in terms of the look and the style, unfortunately, Pentiment kind of got all the attention for having that medieval manuscript looking style. But I think there's a lot of uh, substance here in terms of the actual gameplay, and it feels so good. Like when you win battles, when you when you backstab a, a, an enemy character or you push them off the edge or something. It feels very satisfying like you're like yes like I, I i outsmarted them you know and then obviously like the funny stuff like the donkeys farting and and rabbits uh mesmerizing the the enemies by showing them their butts and stuff like that's hilarious there's, you know? and there's, there's also they pray too folks so there, there's a little bit of religion in here and so they're yeah they're, the animals are praying cleric um, type characters for sure that yeah blessing and and uh because that was like a big like that's sort of the the thematic thing with this is like, mm -hmm. again, these manuscripts were a lot of times like with this art style based on like religion. So like, you know, Bible verses and things like that. So like, that's really where you would see these type of depictions in <laughs> literature and this art. So it's sort of carrying over that. And like, it is very tongue in cheek. Like it's definitely yeah. making fun of certain aspects of that, like with them farting and with them like doing just goofy stuff, like, and the sound effects are funny like all of it is very tongue in cheek. Like obviously like with like not Yoda being your sensei and like all this stuff. And you like at the end of the game, you fight death. Who's like this skeleton with like a wine cup. And he's just like, yeah, like what? Like I, you, how are you not going to beat me? You know, I'm death or what? It, like, it's just like stupid and fun. And like reading through the dialogue and stuff like that's funny too, even though it doesn't really matter. Like the choices are funny. So yeah, it's yeah. just a very entertaining and engaging time. And, and I can't recommend it enough. Yeah, it, it looks like a game I'd enjoy a lot. Um, I didn't know it was on Switch. I do have Game Pass, but again, I was just trapped with time with everything else oh, I was yeah, playing. But this is, something, right uh, this is something I'd want to check out. And I was looking at the team. There's nine people on the team that doesn't call any contractors. There's one art director. They have an actual medievalist, so someone who's trained in this. So I, I always appreciate people that throwing back to that like 8th century to 13th century approach to, you know, to, you know all of this so yeah i mean if you would have told me kirk that there's farting in this game i would have dropped mario versus donkey kong before <laughs> I it up. because to me you got this aesthetic and that that's almost my entire identity so there's, there's, oh, okay. there's, illu there's illustrations too when you fart they're coughing they're all like ah, and there's yeah. like, <laughs> gas that's over their faces yeah and stuff. yeah so, yeah it looks it looks like Great it has a lot of bail. personality. <laughs> well, yeah, let me get this off. There we go. Um, but yeah, another another game. I guess we, we can decide whether to cut this based on one question, Ray. Have you gotten yes. into banishers yet? Because I saw yes. that you postponed your stream. 
I, I I actually I'm streaming it tonight, but I did play I played uh I got up at like about midnight and played it in the dark. And yes, I did play it. So tell tell me tell me what your experience has been with Banisher so far, because I obviously reviewed it on the channel uh, uh and with Reforge. But yeah, I want to know your thoughts. Alan Wake in the 17th century. Okay, Alan, that's interesting. Alan, Alan Wake in the 17th century. Um I thought the uh the, the narrative and I I'm this might just just distort just from the very beginning it it, it got me with the 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 sound the um, animation uh on the game and then when you got to actually fight some ghosts and I don't want to do any spoilers but um excellent story I mean the story just grabbed me plus Captivating, I used yeah. I used to live in I used to live in Providence and New England in that part of the state. So I used to go on field trips to uh, colonial times and stuff like that. And so it kind of it just it's a the story right away. I mean, a town is cursed. Two people are coming because uh, they were requested by somebody, and um, and they got they're like specialists, what... right? Like they are they are ghost banishers. Uh, yeah, so they get called in to deal with like haunting situations. Exactly. Every yeah. and then you got your you got your characters like okay because you got some shady people kind of acting shady. As soon as you get there, because you're trying to investigate, some people are talking, some people are not talking. Why are these people having these weird nightmares? What's the curse that's been put on New Eden? Uh, just, uh, just, just, it's just, it's a great story so far. It's um, Don't it's, Nod too, and they're and they're known for that. From Life is Strange yes. to, mm -hmm. um, okay. you know, yeah, the yeah. Uh, I think we. Uh, I'm not sure if um, Volcano High was them. Oh uh, no, I'm thinking of um, Harmony Fall of Reverie. That's another yeah. one. Um, they've had a, they've had a lot of good games that they put out, and the one that this is most similar to in terms of the systems is uh, Vampire, mm -hmm. which you said you enjoyed. Ray, I, I know mm -hmm. I've seen you on on uh, the Blood Hunt game, but that's a totally yeah. different game. But yeah, totally. uh, Vampire, uh, if if you recall in that game, like they had the systems of like the communities and the choices that you would make, like with the NPCs mm -hmm. and how that would affect, like they have their own social circles. Right. And then what you do with one person, like if they have a husband or a wife or a best friend or something that affects what the story and what, what the gameplay is going to be going forward, like interacting with that character, you know, in this instance, you might have like a quest that involves a merchant that's being haunted or, you know, that's not their main sort of identity but they also happen to be a, a vendor of something like and if you help them they might you know let you buy stuff for less money or like whatever or like i did another quest where there was this guy that you know was maybe a little bit of like like he was like a playboy type and the uh his would-be sister-in-law may or may not have you know put something in his drink or whatever because she didn't think that he was right for her sister and so you're kind of deciding that's another thing that happens in this game is like mm -hmm. you're going through and you're investigating things almost like the Sherlock Holmes games. Like this reminds me a lot of yes. the Sherlock Holmes games. Yeah. You're going through and investigating and then you ultimately uh, it's most similar to crimes and punishments, which I think is the best Sherlock Holmes game. But that had a mechanic where at the end of the investigation, you would basically absolve the person of what they'd done or condemn them like so you're passing judgment. And so here mm -hmm. it's the same. You have three options, though. It is. Um, with the ghost that is doing the haunting, do you banish them? Which is basically like, 
I think that you're bad for sticking around like you did bad things and you're still here because you did bad things and I'm going to banish you to oblivion ascension, which is basically like, I'm going to sort of put you at peace and like, I'm going to resolve like what you're still on earth for so that you can pass on into the afterlife. So that's like your like heaven, our concept of heaven. And then there's blaming, which is basically, Oh, the person who's still alive you're actually the culpable person here like you're at fault and mm -hmm. so whatever you did is the reason that this ghost it has like unresolved issues or whatever because you wronged them and so like they're actually the aggrieved party here so i'm actually gonna punish you the alive person so that the ghost can have peace and there's like a there's an ulterior motive there because i guess we're going full no spoilers here even with what the trailers have covered so I guess I'll just say that there is a narrative benefit and potentially a gameplay benefit or payoff to actually what you're doing is you're killing these individuals because of the crimes that they've committed. Potentially, uh, they might have murdered the ghost that's haunting them or something like that. And you're killing those individuals to strengthen you and your partner and the bond that you have and the abilities that you have and what might happen to you as an end result of the game it's definitely going to change the ending based on the choices that you make in each situation and whether you uh banish ascend the ghost or you blame the individual and take their life essence and kill them essentially and so you have that decision in each case but i had that that quest um where the girl i had to figure out did she or did she not poison her would-be brother-in-law and then at that point, I had to decide, okay, what am I going to do? I ended up deciding that she didn't need to die um, because of just the, the the variety of circumstances that were at play there and the nuance. But because I, I actually chose, even though the guy was like a playboy, even though he's a little bit slimy, I thought he was like, you know, he's a well-meaning gent, I guess. So I, I let him ascend because I didn't think that he'd done anything that bad. And then his final wish was... Um, apparently the sister was like a, a hobbyist painter and so she had been painting a portrait of the um her would-be brother-in-law and her sister for to give to them as a wedding gift but obviously they never actually made it to the wedding for right. you know unknown circumstances so she never finished it and so his dying wish or not his dying wish his wish before he passed on he ascended was i really wish that she would finish the painting so like i played like another two hours of the main story and then i get a quest marker in my log that says go back over here and talk to her and it turns out it's like a, it's like seeing it through of like hey just so you know home homeboy that you may or may not have uh you know poisoned or whatever he said that it, you know he forgives you if it was your fault or whatever but his wish was his last wish was that you finish the painting and so it was like this whole quest where i have to go get her materials for like the paints to like do that so there's like actual in-game ramifications like narrative wise and gameplay wise of like what you're doing and you're like following up with these individuals and i think that's a really cool touch when a game like does something like that because it it gives you stakes and it makes you feel like your choices actually matter so that's like really cool and then also i think the thing that's really cool about this is unlike vampire which i think like was a bit souls likey and like just like like very like bare bones combat wise and stuff um and really sort of relied on those narrative systems this game is a full-fledged like open world kind of map in the same vein as god of war 2018 and i guess ragnarok it's probably a little bit closer to compare it to 2018 since this is double a but mm -hmm. this is them trying to do the 
God of War thing where like there is a chest over there if I can figure out how to get up that rock and then get across that broken bridge or whatever and then platform over there like it's very much that and like I can find totems that increase you know it's plus one to all my stats I can find you know secret caches with like gear so that I might find a new outfit or a new sword that has like abilities on it and then I can upgrade that stuff with stuff that I find so it's very much kind of in that God of War type of realm of like the exploration, the map traversal, the type of environment. Like obviously this is, um, you know, it doesn't look like anything out of Norse mythology or anything. It looks like American Northeast and like the the wilderness. And that's, it very much is that. And it looks amazing for a double, double A game. Like the photorealism of this is crank gorgeous. Your, crank your headphones up to listen to the environment. And oh the my sound. gosh, the sound design! Like they must have taken microphones out into the woods and gotten woods. hours of recordings of footage. It's so peaceful. You hear like the birds in the trees and the wind whistling mm -hmm. and stuff. Like it's so realistic. It's very very cool, and the game looks great. As you can see, like the frame rate is like it's definitely not locked at 60 and the i think the frame pacing and especially like the character model animations when they're like doing sort of intense actions like like sprinting or like whirling around with a sword or something that can look a little bit janky and you're about to see some combat here which may look a little bit janky but i would say hands on the controller playing it it feels a lot better than it looks like when watching it it really does feel like if you if you want, if you really like God of War and God of War Ragnarok, and you're like, gosh, I really want to play a game that's just like that in terms of like where the camera's at, what the combat feels like, there's not a lot of stuff out there that's like mimicking that quite as much. So if you want like a double A that's trying to sort of imitate that, but also your game for like that kind of like Sherlock Holmes or like Plague Tale type of intense, deeply invested narrative beats. This is like very much there for you. I mean, God of War has a narrative too, but this is like more involved in terms of like player interaction and like a lot of dialogue and like a lot of like listening to people and understanding like what their circumstances are, what they're figuring out, what their ulterior motives are, what's happened in their past that's influencing their actions now, and then making decisions based on that that have consequences in that signature don't nod way. As long as you're down for that and you like that type of narrative engagement, then this is very much like a God of War clone with like that type of combat that's just a little bit less polished. Like it's like the same as like for Souls-like people that, you know, you really want From Software to make another game, but you might play a Lords of the Fallen because it kind of gives you that type yeah. of vibe and like those type of systems. That's mm -hmm. This is basically a Lords of the Fallen, but for God of War. And for the people that are looking for that, like it's, it's a good game. It's probably the best game that I've played this month. And I would include like Inculinati's right up there. It's really good. I think I like this one just a little bit more because it is, it's punching above its weight. It's trying to be that like premium double A experience. You it you can feel that lack of polish, and you can feel that it might have had less budget, might have had you know less resources, but what they're able to accomplish in spite of that, you can sort of tell, like, oh, this is a quality double A game. And yeah. I think for the people that like want this type of experience, they're gonna have a great time with it. And I hear it's only $50 on PC specifically, which is a great price point. Interesting. It seems like it does a lot of innovative things. I knew yeah. nothing about this game, except that I remember them announcing it at one point. It has but... the worst title in the world. It's like the Immortals of Avium problem. Like, <sighs> blank of blank. And you're just like, your eyes glaze over. You're like, I'm not going to remember that. I think... Yeah. Yeah. 
the banisher it got me like okay what are they banishing because when i think of the banishers there was a game where it was a uh it was a cat it was kind of like a what was that game where they do they would search for monsters and then banish them uh i think it was showdown or something like that i think it was the uh it was a um a battle it was actually like a ghost battle royal game and it was called showdown oh hunt showdown Hunt Showdown. There you go. Thank you. A little yeah. bit, yeah. Hunt Showdown. Yeah. I've I have like two hundred hours on Hunt Showdown. I'm a huge Hunt <laughs> Showdown fan. Um, a little bit, yeah. There is a banishment uh mechanic in Hunt Showdown. So yeah, I I, I like that comparison a little bit. So yeah, that's interesting. And there's like that ominous like macabre type mm. of feel to this. Like it, like drawing. They've sort of taken some of those elements, carried them over from Vampire. So you don't have that kind of transylvanian or like uh you know that era of horror like jekyll and hyde or like or like dracula bram stoker you're not really getting that type of vibe but they're taking some of that ominous like feel uh over and then they're putting that in this setting so like the characters make a lot of comments about like oh like you know we're just in the american the colonial america and we're just in you know the the american northeast but this land is like very much ripe for haunting, like even more so than like where we're from, which I assume is like over in the UK or something. Um, so like, yeah, it's, they're really giving you this feel of like the, the fear of like that, uh, like one layer underneath nor- the norm, you know, like underneath just the, the regular and the picturesque, like the environments, the, the grass and the trees and everything. It's so beautiful. It's so scenic. And yet like, there's this whole undercurrent and underbelly of just like, ominous dark forces at work and they really make you feel that especially like with the opening cinematic ray if you got there you're like oh crap like well, it's I, go time well, it's the, go time now well when you go when you go into the end and you meet some of the characters in the beginning and you get the see i mean crank your settings up if you can play it on f- uh 4k the, just the the animations when they're talking and the narrative and the story and the it beautiful well done well done yeah i mean if you look at the combat here like it's fun like it like it's it's pretty invested combat like you're having to move around a lot you're having Mm -hmm. to to prioritize which enemies you want to attack like if you like god of war combat or if you even like souls combat again this is going to be a little more akin to something like lords of the fallen it's a little more janky it doesn't feel quite right like there's something a little bit off but it does get very, very fun. And I found that like playing it sort of like Bloodborne where I'm like very aggressive. I'm just diving in and attacking enemies, taking them out. And then I get back, maybe heal if I need to. This is a little more early on when I didn't have a lot of abilities. As you can see, I just died there. But right. now I'm at the point now playing on uh, playing on hard where like I have abilities that let me get my health back. So I'm not even having to use my flash. So just by taking enemies out, being aggressive, I'm getting my health back naturally. And so okay. it feels so much better to have like sort of fluid fights in that, in that way. And just be like, get in, da, da, da. Oh, take him out. And like, I'm, I'm taking hits, but at the same time, you know, it's, I'm getting that health back so I can keep fighting. And so it feels like the more that I'm able to do with the combos and with my combat abilities, because you get like four skill trees worth of combat abilities. There's a lot of depth here, actually. And there's like gear that you upgrade that has like gear. It's not gear score, but it uses like the color system of like blue, purple, gold, and then like red or whatever for like super rare or whatever. You can upgrade the equipment that you want to with the resources that you find and that you can collect like drops from bosses and stuff. There is a lot of in-game potential here, and that there's like, uh, I don't even know what I would call them. I would call them like deep, uh, 
cave dens or whatever where you can like actually summon a, a boss and like do like a boss rush and like keep fighting that boss to like get drops so there's like a lot here in terms of like if you wanted to spend a lot of time with this game i don't know if this game is like set up to where you like really would want to do that but it's like making an attempt of like if we get fans of this game which i think i am one of them that want to play this for 70 80 90 even more than 100 hours like there is stuff to do here you may not want to do it but like they put it in the game for the people that want to do it and like i think that that's cool that a lot of people probably won't even get to that point with this game and experience all of that for but for the people that do want to go super deep with it and like 100 percent it and hit that end game it's there for them even after the campaign and like i think that that's that's dope for the people that that want it to have that and for them to put the time and attention to detail into the game i think this game oozes attention to T Dale and oozes effort given the studio that's putting it out and like the clearly the double A-ness of it that is reaching like newer heights. It's evolving on what they've done before and trying to break into that quality space. Ray, any final thoughts? Uh I can't wait to get back into it uh Same. tonight. Can't wait to get back into it tonight. And um, yeah, this is probably one of my top uh, five games right now for uh, of the year. Yeah, I would agree. Maybe played. top three for me. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I haven't okay. played Infinite Wealth yet, but yeah, this one is um, this one's up there. And it's it's it feels it's like an RPG light. Like it feels RPG enough to keep me engaged on that front. Like it's not just linear. I'm also going around the map and like finding chests and opening stuff. And it's like, oh, that is a sword that has an ability on it that I want. I guess I'll I'll put all my resources into upgrading that. Like I found a sword that gives me health back, which like I said, I think that's my favorite thing is to get health back so I can keep being aggressive. So I found that sword and I just dumped all my ingredients into it. And now it's like gold rarity. So it's like really good. And like, that feels good. Like, oh, like I'm able to sort of customize and develop and have that rpg progression there so that's been a really fun engaging aspect of the game that it has that and it's not just a narrative story with linear sort of gameplay and and progression and combat it's very much yeah i can explore around the map there is like a little bit of like skyrim witcher type of rpg elements to be had here even if they're lighter than those games like it's cool that they are just expanding 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 what their offering is uh with their games as they evolve even as a double a studio so i love to see that and a lot of props to this game i've got a review on the channel what's new video games and i did give it a nine out of ten because i think it's just that good okay speaking of a game that i think mark is gonna say is just that good because he loves all things nintendo um it's mario versus donkey kong which unfortunately i don't have any i didn't grab any footage but yeah we'll just have to we'll just have to trust you yeah, wow. listen, I'm a big Nintendo guy. Um, there are definitely things Nintendo does, and I'm like, that doesn't work. Um, I never played the Mario Donkey Kong franchise, but obviously, for those that don't know, this was a continuation of the original Donkey Kong in some way, like a puzzle platformer, if you will. This is a remake, I believe, of the Game Boy Advance game, the original game in this series. So this was all new to me. Um, I got through the first two worlds. Um, it's a game that respects your time which I always like from a game design perspective. As you know, people get older, they get busier, I can pop in, pop out, and I don't feel like there's a lot of commitment from me to you know, get vested and set up again. Uh, basic setup, each stage essentially, let me, let me take a step back. Donkey Kong's a hedonist. 
Um, he was sitting there with a hoard of bananas. Wasn't enough for him. He goes and robs Mario's toy company, steals all these little Mario action figures. He really wanted them, but they were sold out. So he reverts to crime, which I'm kind of like when character development wise, that threw me for a loop. But he he went to crime. He went full on heist mode, stole these minifigures. And so the whole point of the game is each level you're getting some of these figurines back. And each level, there's like three presents you can get as well as the actual minifigure and the perfect score for each level. You have to get those three presents. And there's just a lot of different puzzle and platforming. Um, they did add some accessibility improvements from what I see from the original where like each level has two boards, if you will. Like the first board is you getting one present and finding a key to get through this door. Once you get through that door, then you could wrap up everything else. There's additional presents, additional obstacles, and then the minifigurine. And if you die at any point, on each board you lose whatever you've gathered um they've added but they basically added like a an easier mode where if you die on any board you just kind of reappear with a bubble and you keep what you've gathered which can i can see being helpful as you get later on in the game because it does go from super easy to like gets getting more tricky pretty quickly you know um but yeah i'm, I'm enjoying it i like i said i know people that are huge fans of this franchise um reading reviews and people talking about it there are people like this isn't necessarily the best one in the mario versus donkey kong series the gameplay is very different right like it's nothing like your traditional mario platformer like Wonder not at all or like mario no, Maker no, no. or something yeah imagine the mobility of like the again the original donkey kong game on arcade yeah. right mario now he does have some pretty fancy jumping moves like it does involve like a triple jump a handstand jump um but it is very static i would say in terms of the, di the dyna dynamism i can't speak today of his mobility um but yeah i mean it's 50 bucks uh it's a it's remake a demo there is okay. a demo. Yeah, there's, there's a, a demo. free demo. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really, really was gonna try and play it uh before coming before coming on, but I just did not have the time with all these games. But yeah, yeah no. I, I think that game and a game like Inky Lunati or Illuminati or whatever it's called. Um, my bad, my apologies. Those are, those are games perfect for me right now. Right. As I sit with my wife and the baby and we're watching like a TV show and I can pick up my switch and put in 10, 15 minutes or then jump up and change a diaper. Like those are games real, really well suited for me at the moment. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a fan. I think it's reviewing around like an eight. I think that's very fair. Yeah, it seems to be one of the weaker ones. And um, I will say, I think just in premise, I have kind of bounced off of it. Like it wasn't one that I was expecting just because I wasn't super familiar with the original. But yeah, yeah it, definitely, it definitely seems to be not in the vein of like other 2D platformer Mario uh, games at all. And yeah. I think like that's maybe what I was like looking for or hoping for as an experience. And just how different it is, is like, I don't know. It's a little bit jarring. Like, can you describe the like the core gameplay loop and like what it, what exactly like the platforming is, or would you even call it platforming? I would say it's more puzzle than platform, right? Okay. Um, it, like again, if you go back to those, like if you played the Mario versus Donkey Kong on the Game Boy or Donkey Kong on the Game Boy, that started so off. Just as, pretend, like, just pretend for our audience that they haven't played that. Like, how would yeah. you describe it? Um, very, very. <sighs> I mean, it, was, it, it feels a little bit slower. Mario feels a bit heavier, right? Okay. So where in Mario Wonder or any of the great platformers, you know, your reflexes and reaction is representative on the screen instantly. This is a game where there's a lot of intention behind the weight of what you do. So you jump, you're going to have that limited jump. And if you don't land it right, you're dead. You're done, right? So um, it, it's, 
it's a game more about the puzzle than the platforming. And I think that's intentional. They they limit the platforming because if you jumped around in that game like Mario and any other Mario game, it would be broken. It'd be a busted game completely. Um, so yeah, I mean it, it's 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 a lot slower paced again, and and it's just about again, it's more about puzzle solving. Um, what I what I will say I appreciate is there's parts of the game where you go to like Donkey Kong's jungle. And if anyone's played Donkey Kong Country, they have like toy versions of a lot of his partners in the game, like the Rhino or the the Chomps as well. And so there is some cuteness to it. There's charm. But don't expect this to be a Mario platformer. This is a different genre of game. Um, again, it's more of a puzzle game. It plays like a puzzle game just with some of that platforming element in it. And to your point, Kirk, I was I never played this this spinoff before. There are fans of it, but I don't think Nintendo is making this game thinking like this is how we're gonna carry the Switch through 2024. That's obviously Princess Peach Showdown. That's their mega blockbuster for 2024. Um, it's a nice game, right? I I would say if you're a fan of it, if you're a fan of the genre itself, what they did with Mario versus DK, pick it up. If not, but you're curious, play the demo and I'd say wait till it goes on sale, but we all know that's not going to happen with a Nintendo game. Yeah. So, um, is there something comparable to it that you would compare it to that isn't a Mario game, per chance? Uh, I mean, I can't really think of anything. No, honestly, I think the best example was the original Donkey Kong arcade game, like that. Yeah. Like again, or like I know, or which is what Wreck It Ralph is is based on, right? Like for people who have seen Wreck It Ralph, it's like Wreck It Ralph's at the top doing the Donkey yep. Kong thing. And then the Fix It Felix is like going around. That's like literally what this game is. That's a spoof on Mario versus Donkey Kong, the the original one, or, or Donkey Kong the original. So yeah, and each level, some levels might be more vertical, some levels might be more horizontal. Because there's the main... eight worlds, right? Yes, there's, there's eight, eight worlds. Total worlds. Four levels in each world, and then there's a special Mario mini level, which is a little bit different from the traditional gameplay, where you have all the figurines you've collected throughout those four levels, and you have to. They follow you along like lemmings, but they also are smaller so they can get through paths you can't get through. And so you have to control various contraptions to help them get there, but then also help them get to the finish line as well. And then there's a boss battle with Donkey Kong where you basically have to hit him in the head with various objects from fruit to uh, barrels, right? So it is a iteration on that original Donkey Kong game at its core, just with a heavier emphasis on puzzling and a little bit more of an emphasis on platforming. There's, you there's really that there was kind of a high difficulty curve do you think it's like this one's a little bit less approachable for younger audiences even though it's you know i think of nintendo first party ip as like being for all ages do you think this one's like it kind of needs a grasp here to be able to kind of take on the puzzles and the challenges and stuff i think it's got the right curve for all ages still and what i mean by that curve is like level world one's super easy like okay. i did it i didn't die once world two i was like oh um, that that was that was a little bit of a challenge. I'm sure it will continue to grow, but I I don't think it grows in a fashion where if you're a seven year old you can't get your hands on it. I think it's a game that would be great for that younger generation to have a little bit more of a consequence in their gameplay. Um, but again, there is that accessibility mode they made too that does make it a little bit easier for everyone, even if you do die. Um, but yeah, it's fun. I, again, I, it's one of those games where if you think it's your game, try it. If not, don't try it. Like, it's a very specific type <laughs> of thing. Don't play it if you don't yeah. think it's for you. Yeah, it's a very specific type of game um, that I wanted to try out because I have so many friends that have been fans of the spinoff for so long. And I've always been like, personally, as a young kid, if I ain't jumping on Goombas 
any yeah. Um, yeah this feels like a weird like it's kind of like super mario bros 2 or even like maybe dr mario even though i would say the gameplay there is a complete offshoot but just like it's one of those weird kind of spin-off alternative titles that uh are kind of out of the box you're like huh you know yeah. but um yeah i guess for people that are into that and into all things that are you know nintendo and mario there's there's a lot of charm here right like it still carries over kind of that that general sense of wonder and enjoyment i'm assuming that you expect with a mario game whether that's you know mario 3d world or luigi's mansion or dr mario like whatever it is you're expecting to get that sense of, of wonder and and enjoyment is that do you feel like that's embedded here in all the right ways i do i think for what the game is it gives off that charm um it's again it's not a mario wonder by any means don't yeah. come to this game thing that game was that blew my mind um it, but like there, there there's some cut scenes that are actually impressive and well done like i said donkey kong gets angry um, which he's known for doing yeah. um but yeah again it's a fun game i would almost say this could have been a 39 dollars game to be honest with you given given what it is and given how it's not necessarily adding a lot to it from what i've seen um, but I think it being priced at 49 is totally fair as well. Okay. Well, I think that's going to wrap up all of our thoughts on all of these games. Gosh, we have had a crazy February. I was yeah, just saying, yeah. like, I think people are like after last year and all the games that came out, all the good games that came out, I think not only are more games coming out just on a year per year basis, but I think especially this start to the year there's more people out there playing games consuming games participating in games you see games like power world and helldivers 2 just blowing up because i think that people have sort of been injected with like an adrenaline shot from the things like Baldur's gate 3 and starfield and all that hype around you know uh, tears of the kingdom as well from those games releasing last year hogwarts and they're like uh, what's the next game what's the next experience i'm gonna have so people are rabid for that and jumping in power world and jumping in um helldivers too and i think game devs and and companies are trying to take advantage of that seeing like what the giant audience and demand is for these these different gaming experiences and now we're getting so many games that are coming out at this time of year more than ever before and it's like there's too many to even make time for and yet somehow helldivers is is breaking through the ceiling as far as setting records for player count it's a crazy time to be uh involved either in the industry or on the video game side i love that helldivers is is putting out the call for uh for not just us to defend earth from the bug aliens but also for for developers to get their servers bolstered and that's great at a time after we've gotten so many layoffs maybe get some talent in there uh that have been displaced from where they were working before and uh give, give us more planets and, and more things to explore and discover and defend in helldivers 2 so that's fantastic you love to see a small game like that have just success i love to see banishers come out and it be such a such a great title um and yeah i guess i'm just going to be off in my own little corner alone enjoying <laughs> skull and bones by myself maybe ray I, will play with me i, 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 I bought I, the game i might join you I too enjoy, i enjoyed the game i'm not i'll show you guys I, what what I a pirate's life is really like but all right ray uh you go ahead and go first go ahead and plug your stuff thanks so much for coming by sure. uh, you have such a great community over there the cyborg city we Thank wanted you. to get you on because you are a man that stays up to date on what is coming out what all the hotness is about 
uh, you and me are just not in the cool kids crowd right now with Helldivers 2, but we're playing some good <laughs> games like Banishers, Ghost of New Eden. So yeah, plug your yeah. stuff. Tell us where we can find you. And uh, yeah, man, I hope we have you back soon. Thank you. I am Ray3473, the gaming cyborg, uh, Ray3473 on Twitter, on uh, threads, uh, in my Discord, where that's where I'm probably hanging out with my bros, uh, Cyborg City. Um, just uh, send me a, a link if you ever got want to hop in. We got a bunch of group of guys, a lot of guys playing Helldivers, a lot of we got Destiny 2 players, we got uh, all kinds of people, all kinds of genres. Uh, it's a great uh, group of guys in there. Shout out to David. He's my he's in the chat. He's my uh, mod over there. And um, but yeah, I'm also a GFN ambassador. I stream GFN stuff on Mondays. Um, I'm uh, tonight. I'm doing uh, the banisters. I'm going to be streaming that on my YouTube channel. And I'm also Ray three four seven three on Twitch. I do a lot of Marvel Snap. I am a Marvel Snap addict. I play a lot of Marvel Snap. Uh, so, yeah. And it, Mark, it's been great. Congratulations to the new, to yeah, the congrats. new baby, man. Congrats. And uh, also, thank you, Ginger Prime. Thank you, Kurt. Uh, and thank you, Chat. It's been an excellent, excellent experience. Mark, you want to tell us what you got going on? And, yeah. Uh, why you're consistently late to the game, never early? Well, yeah. So the idea there is like, I'm a busy gamer dad, right? So I'm, I have a backlog of games that I work on covering that, you know, Final Fantasy 16, I'm finally playing, right? That's going to be something I put up on the channel. That's something I'm streaming right now. But yeah, again, it's Gaming Cyborg. Nice to meet you. I, I'm hoping to work with you again some more. Kirk, always a pleasure. I told Cyborg this beforehand, but I actually have two physical copies of Helldivers 2 for PlayStation 5 that I am not doing anything with and if i have two friends that want it i'm just dm me i'm gonna send it to you i i just give me <laughs> just give me your address and your social security and we'll be I'm, good i'm putting it, it in all your tax information right i'm putting it in the private chat right now uh, awesome <laughs> awesome um but yeah so again uh dev hour games is one of my companies we're making we make indie games we have a game on the switch we have new projects we're working on all the time and then cfgc uh our season kicks off tonight if anyone's interested in fighting games you could find us uh, cfgc uh uh twitch is cfgc underscore gg uh first collegiate esports fighting game uh conference so um if you're a fighting game fan that's growing we're excited to bring that level of play and competition to the collegiate space as well so um yeah i mean that's it uh that and as always thanks to brian for is it nick foley from the avengers that brings us all together <laughs> you know yes all right nick nick fury nick fury, fury. That, fury. Nick, nick, fury. fury. nick fury yeah who's who's fo i said who's folly i don't know what that's a wrestler know. that is a wrestler mick yeah mankind thank you mankind that's mankind. yeah um but yeah, uh, Ray. Speaking of speaking of Ginger Prime, you, we got to hook him up with that GeForce Now uh, partnership. He's out here representing harder than anybody. He loves GeForce Now, so we got to set him up. Cause uh, yeah, man, man's is always is always ranting and raving whenever he uh, sees a game go to GeForce, especially day and date. So uh, yeah, he's yeah. I, 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 it's so sad to see he's not excited about Skull and Bones as the MMO guy. Come on. But uh, yeah, it's 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 Kirk the Gamer, Kirkland Gray on Twitter at Warmer Gray. Uh, my channel is What's New Video Games. That's where you can find me, and um, I do reviews of video games uh, as they come out or before they come out. Ideally, I've got reviews up on the channel of Tekken Eight, Banishers, Ghosts of New Eden, which we talked about today, and um, 
Ultros, which we didn't talk about today, but it's a good 2D Metroidvania platformer. So go over there on my channel and check that out and drop me a subscribe if you're willing. Drop us a subscribe if you're willing on Word to Game. This is what we're dedicated to doing going forward. Coverage of games for you, giving you insights and commentary and some fun takes with a roundtable like we had today. Thank you to our guests, The Gaming Cyborg and Mark Late to the Game. We really appreciate y'all coming on. And that is going to do it for the Epic Loot Radio podcast this time. Um, again, really appreciate all you guys that stayed in the live hanging out. It's awesome of you guys to do that. And um, I really wish I knew. Oh, there it is. I really wish I knew how to do the outro. And now I do. So yeah, right. thank you guys awesome. so much. And we'll see you uh, probably in two weeks. Same time, Absolutely. same place. And until then, watch this space. Yeah.